welcome into the first episode of our podcast here, The Sports Zone. Um, I'm just going to start off by introducing myself. I'm Sam Brolio, and I got next to me. Uh, I'm Andrew Walters, and set on the left edge, we got Nick Palmer. Yep. Okay, we think we're just going to start off here, talk about last night's game, the uh, Final Four. Uh, obviously, I mean, to start off, UConn, huge game, really took off, no... Didn't look like they were going to be stopped. UConn led the entire game. Miami didn't lead once. Yeah, just crazy. Miami really didn't look like they have a chance there. UConn just dominating this whole tournament pretty much. Yep, absolutely. Has, UConn has won every game by 13 or more, and last night scores 72-59. On the other hand, we got San Diego State, who has won their last two games by only one point, and they overcame, I think, a 14-point Deficit. Yeah, fourteen point deficit at one point. Just a, a heartbreaker for those FAU fans to see Michael Force's career end in such a heartbreaking fashion. You know, but great run by those guys. The great. Owls really were buzzing this month. Truly, truly, Nick. Um, FAU obviously went way farther than pretty much anyone expected. Um, a lot of people had them going out the first round, second round, and to see a Final Four out of that squad. It, it's nothing to be ashamed of from that team. Out of a team who had never won a game in March before, too. Yeah, a true true bracket destroyer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, coming into this next matchup, SDSU versus UConn, um, I mean, I think my take is, is UConn's going to cover seven and a half spread for UConn. I think they're going to blow that out of the water. Every game they've covered the spread this uh, in March Madness, and they're 69.4% against the spread in season. I don't think there's any chance they don't cover. I'm going to take a different take on this one. I think UConn doesn't cover the spread. San Diego State's, their last two games have been one-point games. They're a physical season team. They uh, play phenomenal defense. I think they're going to dirty it up, play physical with these UConn boys, and I think I still think UConn's going to win, but I think by less than 7.5. I mean, I'm going to have to agree with Sam here on this. I think UConn, there's just no way they don't cover the spread. I mean, Andrew's right. They do have some some, uh, some big boys on that uh, San Diego State squad. But let me tell you, there is some guys who could probably be on the UConn football team over there. I don't even know if they have a football team, but those guys, they have some really big bodies. Looking at uh, Sonogo, uh, what's the one guy you were mentioning earlier? Uh, Klingon. Klingon, yeah, he's huge. Samson Johnson, the forward, Carabin, they just they just have a lot of size, and I yeah. feel like that could, as big as as gritty as SDSU is, I feel like that could give them some trouble. Okay, what do we think about the over under being set at one thirty one and a half? What are you liking that, Nick? One thirty one and a half. You know, I always feel like. In those final games, they're low-scoring, kind of everyone's going hard, defensive games. So I feel like I'm going to take the under on that. Interesting, interesting. I actually think I'm going to take the over. Um, Both these teams are offensive weapons. UConn's been putting up points all tournament and all year. So I think that, yeah, I think we're going, I'm going to take the over there by a lot. What yeah, I like the over on this one because UConn's been scoring like 80 points a game. San Diego State, although they're a great defensive team, uh, to beat the spread, we just need it to be like a 67-66 game. And I think that's definitely going to happen with the way UConn's been scoring this tournament. So, Yeah, I think uh, 
you mentioned San Diego State's defense. I think they're actually a pretty underrated defense overall. Yeah, I think by the by the numbers, they might have been the best defense in the tournament this year. Yeah, I, I really didn't think of them that way coming in, but they have played phenomenal. Um, you know, I'm excited to see what they do against some of the bigger guys on UConn, like Klingon. Um, it's going to be tough. You know, it's tough to battle against those guys in the I mean, game. seven two two sixty five kind of yeah. speaks for itself. But, yeah, exactly. that, that SDSU team, they got some guys, some transfers. I think, like, older team, I think they just – Well, yeah, SDSU they, is just a lot of seniors. They Not a play, lot of new transfer no. portal guys. Just, just a lot of guys that more have been wet, there for Like, transfer years. portal guys, but more weathered. And yeah, and San Diego State hasn't made it past a Sweet 16. No. They play with a chip on their shoulder. For Ever sure. until this year. And when they made it, they actually – had Kawhi Leonard and lost to Kemba Walker in UConn the year they won it, 2011. So this is kind of their revenge game. But, yeah, let's take a look at UConn. Coached by Dan Hurley, phenomenal coach. Jordan Hawkins, number 24, the point guard. He's averaging 16 and a half a game this tournament. He's been scoring really well, especially lately. I mean, Sonogo has just been a beast on the rebounds. Double-doubles almost every game. They just, I don't know, um, they just have such good, you got big guys inside to get rebounds. And they got shooters who can knock it down, too. Yeah, they're just a great combo there. Against Miami, Sonogo had 21 points, 10 rebounds. And he's kind of, earlier in this tournament, people questioned his passing with how they would just, he'd get doubled and people would come at him. And he was able to make great passes and set other guys up, which people questioned his ability to do so now that that's on display i think that uconn team they're just a major problem and the only the only guy san diego state really has size wise to match up at all would be Jaden ladee and i think he's about 6 9 240 so he's a big guy but um mensa is a big guy too yeah but. he's a big guy too but 6 9 compared to 7 2 that's still five inches and yeah, yeah. that's a lot it's they, a, that's a lot to overcome yeah you know guess, and yeah. even those big guys <laughs> on yukon you know snogo he's putting up points you know he's not a rebound guy mm-hmm. uh he's not just a rebound guy i should say um yeah he can pull up some points you know they got guys like uh carabin too they just have guys just keep coming off the bench or just and absolute what I think towers is we saw we saw yukon just dominate gonzaga and with the 610 star center drew timmy i mean he I still mean, played a good game but yukon used their size to really just shut him down and force other people he, to make yeah, plays timmy lit up the and tournament. i feel like and yeah and i feel like just like they UConn. did against gonzaga they're gonna shut down Yep. San Diego State's big guys and force the guards to make plays. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if San Diego State has guards good enough to win a tournament. Because, like we said with Timmy, I just don't think, like, if he wasn't able to score on them, there's no center on their squad who's going to score. Because I think Timmy yeah. was one of the best in the whole tournament. And, and in my he, opinion, they absolutely shut him down. A championship team in March needs to have good guard play. San Diego State's guard play is good with some with those two twins. Yeah. Some no, of those other just, guys, Matt Bradley, but I don't think they have championship level guard play. So I don't it's, think yeah. they can win this game. It's also it's all about just having guys at every position going out there and just adding value and that's kinda what UConn's got. Yeah. yeah. Another they, crazy stat yeah. about UConn, they're four and national championship games. Hmm. So, really, yeah. Yeah. That's the most uh national championships any team has won that hasn't lost one, so uh, yeah. Something to keep they're, an eye on. experience in there. Yeah, I mean, uh, for UConn, um, some things that they do have to do to make sure they win. 
Uh, coming to this game, they've obviously played great throughout the tournament. I think they got to remember that this is still March Madness, you know. Anything Upsets happen. happen all the time, you know. One seed versus uh, 16, uh, FDU versus Purdue. Obviously upset this year, some other big ones. So for UConn, you got to remember that anything can happen and you got to play your heart out no matter what. And uh, my question is, have they been behind a lot in this tournament, UConn specifically? Not really. No, no so I just worry. There is that question mark. If SDSU comes out flying, how is UConn going to react if they dig themselves in a bit of a hole? Are they going to be able Absolute, to have the group yeah, to come that's... back? Because they've been used to just dominating and being on top. So you wonder where they'll sit it in a close game or being behind even. Yeah, if SDSU comes out hot, maybe gets a 10-point lead, something totally. like that. Because we know they SDS... really demoralize yep. UConn. So. Because we know, we know SDSU has face some adversity this tournament to say the least so yeah, we know yeah. they're used to it but the question is how and we know they're, they're capable of beating i mean they took down the number one rated alabama they did yeah the greatest team in the tournament fau i'm kidding <laughs> but great squad too yeah if we're looking at march madness as a whole though this has been a great year of basketball i got the bracket pulled up right now and first year that not one one seed has made it to the elite eight which is just wild I mean, talk about upsets this year. Should we just take a look back on some of our favorite plays and games from this March? Let's do it. I mean, you got to start off with the number one Purdue going down to number sixteen Fairleigh Dickinson University. Yeah, I didn't. I actually didn't get to watch that game. I was on a plane, but whenever a one seed goes down, that's just absolutely wild. Mm-hmm. One of uh, one of my favorite parts of this tournament wasn't necessarily anything like upset wise, but the uh you or the the Gonzaga UCLA game was just crazy. Yeah, I mean you look at that, yeah. and I was watching it, and uh, Amari Amari Bailey, the true freshman for UCLA, just splashes a three. Everyone's like, okay, the game's over. Just a great play. What a game by UCLA. And Gonzaga calls a timeout. It's time to drop a play. And they come down, yeah. and their guy rains a three from Strother. the logo. Does he even need to? They're no. down by one point. They no. can go get it too. I the, the game. The down low. Yeah. He hasn't yeah. been yeah. stopped all game. Exactly. Like the gutsiest play and of the whole tournament. You just pull logo three yeah. to win the game. And it's rain it. One of the best March Madness plays I've Speaking ever seen. about Timmy, Timmy actually has, no one knows how, but Timmy has one more year of eligibility, which I know we would all love to see one more year of Timmy, but quoting him, he said, I've done my four years. I'm done now. So we'll see where he goes on to the next level. I don't personally think he'll be able to be an impact player in the NBA just because of being a 6'10 center. It's pretty tough these days. Being Mm -hmm. a back-to-the-basket post player, you don't see that as much. You're starting to see these, like, seven-footers that can shoot, dribble, and drive. You don't see a lot of... And yeah, just but, brute post-up players. I yeah, think. regardless, regardless of what he does in his future, just a phenomenal career for him at Gonzaga. I think, mm. yeah, the all-time leading scorer in Gonzaga basketball history, which yeah. is nothing short of an impressive uh, accomplishment. So, credit to him. Great yeah. career. Yeah, Another absolutely. big upset: Princeton, the 15 seed, taking on Arizona and going to the Sweet 16. And we've seen a 15 seed go to the Sweet 16. And every one of the last three March Madnesses, which is just wild because a 15 seed being a two was almost unheard of five years ago. So, yeah, that busted a lot of brackets up, I know. I mean, obviously one of the first ones that went was uh, Furman beating Virginia, one of the early games in the tournament. Uh, 
you got to feel bad for that Virginia point guard, star player that just hucks it up. Let's yeah. come down the court and shoot the game winning three. Yeah. I mean, it may be a hot take, but that may have been the dumbest play I've ever seen in sports yeah. history. <laughs> was, they had a timeout they could have used. Yeah, that um, was pretty rough. I think that's really all on coaching. Um, yeah. It's a low point for sure. You know, Virginia is a team. You, you really feel bad for them. Losing 16 seed. You know, I just losing 13 seed. I can't feel bad for the Cavaliers anymore because I picked them to win it all the year they lost first round at UMBC. As a one seed, so that yeah. was just heartbreaking. Then I think I picked them to lose second round the next year, and they won it all. Yeah, so. exactly. Me and Virginia just don't go too well together. You guys, I feel like they either do really well or they just blow the fucking shit out of the water. <laughs> Could not agree more. Well said. But uh, one other thing I would have to say is, who in this tournament, just a question, has been your favorite player, most exciting player oh, to watch? I was just going to talk about this. Uh, Marquise Noel from Kansas State. I was didn't know much him. about him coming into the tournament, but, I mean, that guy put on a show every single night. He, yeah, I mean. Uh, kind of broke my he heart just kind when of took out my Kentucky. But, you know, after I just that, think... I love to see them beat Michigan State. They had a heartbreaker against FAU, but. Noel was putting on uh, video games I just, with the points I think, and assists. I think with what it was is I just think there was so much trust in his from his coach in him. Yeah. Just letting like I mean they just gave him the keys to that offense yeah. and just did do do what you please and I mean and he had some good weapons around him too and he totally did and I feel like sometimes some yeah, of these teams Johnson. some of these teams play such systematic basketball yeah and it just made it really fun to let a guy kind of freestyle and run an offense and I mean they made well, it five they made eight, a deep run. Like, five Five eight one sixty. I mean, yeah. you don't see that mm-hmm. every day in no. the tournament. I mean, because I was. But how many assists did he? Did he? How many did he have that one game? Was I mean, it twenty? It was around there for sure. Yeah, yeah. he was I mean, dishing that ball. I would around. say. Let me say this. Really too. helping this team. I was at a. I was watched a Timberwolves game recently, and just like the size of some of those guys, and I mean, nineteen see assists the, against Michigan State. There we yeah, go. That's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Obviously, the uh, NBA has bigger guys than college for the most part. Yeah, but there's still some really big guys you'll face in this March Madness tournament, and it's crazy to see a guy like. Noel's size just out there dominating yeah, the game. Yeah, because I mean he's. It's really there. tough to compete at that height. There's yeah, there's guys a full foot taller than him out there, and he's oh, getting sure. buckets on every countless guys. Countless. Yeah, one, you know, at least one guy. You look at team. like a team like UConn, they have six guys uh-huh. taller than him. Yeah, like three guys on the court that are taller him at a time. It's pretty crazy to see that he's really making an impact. Mm-hmm. Just a really just plays with a lot of heart and a chip on his shoulder. Great player. Yeah, truly. You I want to talk about another one thinking? of my favorite players from the tournament. Right, Oscar Shebway from Kentucky. This guy was just a brute enforcer. I like it because complete low. complete opposite of Noel. He's got the two different play styles. Yeah, and that Kentucky versus Kansas State game was a great game. It was. But I mean, in the first round against Providence, Shebway pulled down 25 boards in one game, I think setting a tournament record. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. like Wilt Chamberlain numbers. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. second round against Kansas State, he did all, his, all he could to help his team out, 25 points and 18 boards, nine, including nine offensive rebounds. I mean, that guy's a force to be reckoned with down low. Yeah. Um, and then one guy, I mean, obviously did not have, unfortunately, nearly the effect on his team as some of these other guys, but... I just want to give a little shout-out to Mr. FAU, Michael Forrest. I mean, his performance in that one game 
I mean, game on the line. He's they're giving him the inbound. He's Forrest, not the guy. Forrest isn't your guy that's gonna play thirty minutes a game. He's not gonna be hucking up threes. But when it's crunch time, you're gonna see Forrest on the court, and that's what we saw this entire tournament. Yeah, two minutes left. You got Forrest out there. Yeah, he's playing, making those free playing throws. Playing lockdown you know? defense. You know, I don't think yeah. he missed a free throw the entire tournament. No, I mean, he might not have. It I, was truly something that really helped his team. It really speaks volumes when you got a guy who's not, you know. Like Mister, like average twenty points. Like and he wasn't to like see putting a guy up like Noel. Was a senior too was yeah. just awesome. No, like not putting up Noel numbers. And what do you do when the game's on the line and you're inbounding the ball to a guy you know is going to get fouled to shoot free throws? You're giving it to Michael Forrest, and I mean that speaks volumes on his his play style, character, heart, yeah, clutch. I mean, Mister FAU, great season. Just hope uh, whatever he does after this, whether he goes to the NBA and dominates too. Uh, regardless of where he goes next, I just wish him nothing but the best. You want to hear a wild story that just came out in the local papers about Michael Forrest? He missed a practice right before the Final Four. Wow. You get this, because he wanted to go to class. So, I mean, this is a guy who's really got his priorities straight. He's really thinking about his future, and it's it's like school before basketball, which you really don't see too much these days. This article right here says Michael Forrest only attended the first 30 minutes of Tuesday's two-hour practice and left because he had to get to class. So, just a, You know, yeah. someone who cares about his academics as well as his athletics. You just know. a high-character guy. I mean, he'll be successful wherever he takes his life here. Looking at this, he's also the school's all-time leader in threes, and he's a fourth-leading scorer in FAU history, so... Yeah, he's not someone to be taken lightly. A thousand point club member, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of just a great role model for kids growing up watching basketball and just. I mean, talk about a talk about a year for the big guys, though. I mean, Zach Eady, Oscar Shebway, Vlad Golden. Oh, uh, Vlad is yeah. yeah. You love watching Vlad. I mean, I love my March Madness guard play. I mean, Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy, but. This year was dominated by the centers, if we're being completely honest. Mm-hmm. Almost yeah. every team you saw go far just had that big, big center, which well, is kind I of fun to watch. That's a good segue. And, into... You know, I think, too, it's a great strategy to have because if you have a center you can run your offense through, you think about this, it's like it's really hard to contain because if he can get around you and then you start doubling him and then you hit the open guy, you can just lace a three in the corner. I mean – it's really a lethal combination, especially yeah. with like what UConn has with the big guys and yeah, the shooters. That's, that's kind of what I want to talk about next is uh, Donovan Klingon. Uh, as a guy who picked UConn to win it all, uh, Klingon's been a guy I've really loved to watch. Freshman, 7'2", 265. That is he a big man. could be a tight end on any NFL team. And when you watch him play, you wouldn't think he's a freshman, too. No, the court vision and everything is yeah. phenomenal. He plays yeah. super well. Very mature style. He scores points as well as getting boards. Um, he really does what his team needs him to. And I'm excited to watch him these next three years. If he does play all four, we'll see. Yeah, he might go to the NBA a little bit earlier, depending how yeah. next season goes for him. But, yeah, that's a guy to watch in this upcoming year and the final. Looking back on another big upset, uh, the 8C Arkansas taking down the defending champs, Kansas. I mean, it's finally time we put some respect on Arkansas. I really have liked They've Arkansas. been to the Elite Eight the last two years and then took out Kansas, went to the Sweet 16 this year before losing to the juggernaut UConn. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I feel Arkansas like they play... has got some seasoned veterans. They've, know, been, 
I think they're they a great play. team. Tell me what you guys think on this take, but I think they play a similar style to what Houston does. Like I just yeah. I've watched both of them, and I think it's a similar play style. Just but defensive, I just feel, you mean? Yeah, defense, like just gritty, hardworking teams with some good guards. Yeah. And I, I just feel like Houston has gotten so much respect, and everyone just has kind of passed over Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for them, they are losing a few guys. They're a little bit of an older team. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure how well they're going to be able to play next year, you know? Yep. But, um, you know, these teams, you know, They'll be back around, you know. They'll get some. They have some freshmen on their team, so I'm excited to see them in these upcoming years. And you really hope to pick them in a few games next season because yeah. they always seem to win it. Looking back on the tournament, too, it's hard not to notice. Not a single 12 seed advanced to the second round, and I'm a huge 12 over five guy. You see, almost one every year. Last year we had two. I mean, I don't. So, I don't. But like this the... year, the only one I picked was VCU, who obviously lost, but. I don't like the, the five yeah. seeds are super strong this year. Yeah, San Diego I mean, yeah. State, Miami, Miami's Duke. making it far. Yeah, like it's hard to bet against Duke in March, even without Coach K. Yeah. I mean, not gonna be not like to brag about it, but I was I had a couple brackets with San Diego State going home pretty early, so that yeah. was definitely I thought you know Colorado of Charleston had a shot, a couple of mine, and that proved to be terribly wrong. But that's okay. Yeah, and uh, oh, yeah. another team I think we should not forget and give a little bit of a shout out to that I think has really like, I feel like kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, they obviously didn't have the greatest March Madness, but an interesting to, uh, team to keep an eye on in the future is Marquette. Like just oh, coming in as a, coming in yeah. really. I mean, Marquette went down second round as a pretty yeah, high two favorite seed, two know. seed. No, absolutely. I, I've been thinking, I just think it was ever since seeing Marquette go to, Double overtime with St. John's. I mean, I, I just don't think Marquette's really all that. I, I, I think didn't. they're overrated. No, I agree. I think, yeah, I, I don't don't think they're a two seed. I, I mean, when I do you really they're... see Marquette winning big games? No, yeah. I don't. Not, I mean, not often. I don't see them. They lost to Michigan State. Let's just put it that way. I yeah. hear you. I don't see them as a two seed kind of team, but I feel like. Like, they were not even – were they even in March Madness, like, that much, like, years prior? Like, I just don't even remember hearing about them. I just I feel, think... like, I feel like they make it pretty consistently. You okay. know? Obviously, yeah. this year they came in as a two-seed a little bit higher. Obviously, normal. yes. Yeah, so they've made in the past a few I guess years. What I'm trying to some say – lower seeds, but – What I'm trying to say is not a Final Four favorite by any means anytime soon, but no. I think it's an up-and-coming program. Yeah, I, I think they were a disappointment on the year for sure. Yeah, I mean, they never really do much. I like uh I think Creighton is another team I was really interested in with their performance this year. Yeah, I like them coming into this year. I think that uh Baylor was a really weak three seed. I mean I, yeah, I think Baylor was a weak three seed. Creighton handled them pretty well. Yeah. And then they played a fifteen seed in Princeton, so mm-hmm. Uh, another question. Yeah, for you and guys. they also played San Diego State close in that fifty-seven, yeah, they fifty-six. They did. And San Diego State going to the final. You know, that's nothing to be ashamed of losing to that team. Absolutely not. Um, I think they could definitely make some a run next year. I'm not sure about how old their roster is. Me neither. But and then another question for you guys: What's your whole thoughts on that? UCLA, you know, I feel like I hear a lot about them every year, but I'm just, I don't know what to think. They seem like just like a team. I think they were a little injury riddled toward the end of the year, too. I think they were. And, I mean, UCLA 
finds a way to perform. They do. Every year. Like, Sweet 16 is not like, – losing to a three seed in the Sweet 16 is not embarrassing by any means. No, and, and you just – you wonder, though, when is going to be their time to really make – Jaime a, was yeah. a great player. Yeah. We did – we saw him go to the Final Four. Was it last year? Yeah, it as, was. As in a – Last year? They yeah, went to the Final Four as an 11 seed, so. Yeah, I'm pretty That's sure not to be it was lightly. last year that they did pretty well. Um, yeah, I so mean – I wouldn't say they haven't been performing. They've definitely – played well i mean they always seem to make it pretty far but you would like to see a touch more out of them you know they're a team in the regular season people are talking about you know oh this could be their year this could be their year but um they never do end up winning i'm not sure when the last time they won was but yeah um but i did just look at creighton's roster they have two seniors and none of them are really kind of big impact guys so i think next year that's a team to watch um i think they could definitely make it to sweet 16 you know elite eight maybe final four i mean probably not a team that you're gonna see make the jump to the win it all but it's, it's another, looking another like thing to notice here uh one second the ucla yeah. they have not won a championship since 95. Yeah. So there's been a drought there. And there's been a big-time drought. And uh, if you go a little farther back, I mean, we're going way back here, but in the late 60s and early 70s, UCLA just – No, they were a power. John Wooden just dominated college basketball. Yeah. It looks like they won 64, 65, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, and 73. Wow. And only had a total of about seven Okay, mm-hmm. looking like that, they were uh, and then yeah, seventy five. They were in uh, what do we got here? They it looks like they were. I think they're the winningest team in college basketball when it comes to championships. Yeah, they I'm pretty sure. But lately, as of now, they, you know, they, they were a jump. sweet sixteen exit last year. Oh, it was two they? years ago. Two, year, two years they went ago. Final final that was the Juzang year. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Looking back in the tournament, though, I mean, not a great year for the Blue Bloods. Kansas out early. Duke. Yeah. Losing to Tennessee, I, I mean Duke's kind of in an interesting place. Well, North right Carolina now. didn't it's, even make the tournament. That's yeah, just terrible. Like, well, I remember seeing North Carolina as like a three seed and thinking, "Wow, this is wild!" Like, yeah. what's and having them not even be a sixteen is just unheard of. And what didn't? Am I correct? Right, they were the team last year who was weren't they in the uh, yeah the final right with the what was the one guy's name Baycott? Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, Baycott was still there this year. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, lost to Kansas. Really that guy surprising. was a, that yeah. guy was a Force. I mean, they lost the championship by three to Kansas last year, and this year, and they still had Baker. I don't know what happened there. Something. Yeah. There's something. And then with Duke, you know, it's tough to move on them from a coach like Coach K. I mean, Coach K, just a legend. Yeah. Obviously a legend to the sport. So the move on, um, it's really something hard. They five seed, made it to the second round, you know, not great. But, yeah, I think each year they're going to get better, you know, with that new coach of theirs and be able to And they were a super young team. The problem with Duke is, like, the difference between Duke and a school like San Diego State is you don't get four-year seniors at Duke that are that good. No. If you're good and you're at Duke, you're going going one. They're big into the true freshman lottery picks. Which is is the sad thing about Duke. And that's why I feel like late, as of lately – Duke hasn't been performing as well in the tournaments just because, like, 
I'm kind of yeah. I'm the tournaments aren't for freshmen. No. The tournaments are for no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking yeah. back, and I feel like the last time we really saw some dominant uh, freshmen. Last time Duke won was 2015. 2015. Okay. Okay. So, so I mean, yeah. There's still Duke, but I'm yeah. Saying, but no, uh, one of the like I'm trying to like looking back, like the last year, I feel like you really saw some freshmen put an impact into March Madness. Was uh, that year when Duke had that powerhouse in with Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish? They yeah. made it pretty deep. I want to say Elite Eight, I think. But I think Elite Eight, they might have they gone lost to the, I, think I think they went on after Sweet 16, 16, actually. Maybe. But I thought like, I, they, remember, yeah. I remember they yeah. barely won off that last minute bucket from RJ. That yeah, was against, uh, I remember. Yeah, that was against Taco, Taco Fall. Taco Fall. Mm-hmm. I just that was a really yeah. that was a fun year of March Madness. To, thinking about that, yeah, year. to watch yeah. that year, that's pretty. But I think that was fun, guys. Some yeah. NBA guys. It was fun looking back. There. I think the that it was like where these people are at nowadays. I think though, I feel yeah. like that was. Like the last time you really saw a team just ran by freshmen to do some, and form even of then yeah. they were ended up being a tournament disappointment. No, I know yeah. they had a re- they, were, a they were really favored, they were they were favored to win it all that year. I picked them to win it. all. That was a good squad. I mean, yeah. they were fun to watch. They had Zion was terrorizing basketball hoops. Yeah. They and they were really fun to watch. I mean, no matter how good you are in high school, it's tough to go to the tournament as yeah. a freshman and make an impact. It's, yeah. It really is. I mean, it's exactly. in all sports, that jump from high school to mm-hmm. college is, yeah, a big-time jump and a lot of, takes a lot of adjustment for most guys. I mean, I say we finish it off with uh, score predictions in the final here. All right. Um, you guys want to start? I'm going to go uh, UConn 75, San Diego State 70. Okay. High scoring game. Um, I'm going UConn 86, San Diego Oof. State like a 64. I think it's going to be a blowout. Nothing close. UConn's dominated always. San Diego State really does have a chance. I think it's – so I think UConn wins it, obviously, just with all the depth they have and big guys and shooters. I think uh, I think it's going to be some – I think it's going to be a closer game, but I, th- I still think UConn pulls it out with – Something like probably uh you know uh sixty three to fifty six victory. Oh, so you're going under the spread there. I went yeah I, I went under the spread over there. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there's some nerves going into those championship games, and I just feel I don't know maybe just the scoring. It's March Madness. Anything can happen. I mean, it could be super high scoring, super low scoring. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you're never going to see harder working defense in a game than the yeah. national championship. So from both Probably. teams, so I think that could play a part in it. But I guess we'll see.